Good morning, everybody. This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. It's coming in a little different today. For some reason, the uh, Anchor app is not working. Thank you, Spotify. All right, so let's get into it. I can do better than that. Good morning, everybody. This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Let's get into it. So, crazy weekend. Um, That was better. More energy. Um, Just my mom turned... 87 yesterday and you know like I've been saying this disease is not going to get better it's not going to get easier she uh wanted to go to the bathroom in the living room was terrified of the actual bathroom uh would not walk in there was holding on to the wall started scratching me up um and you know just it was horrible and it's like you can't go to the bathroom all over the house You know, it's like, this is just insane. And then I had to forcibly push her back to her room. And she's strong. And I held on to her so she wouldn't fall or anything like that. But, you know, she wasn't in any danger. But she just did not want to cooperate. And I was like, well, you just can't stand here. And I'm not going to let you just go to the bathroom wherever you think you're seeing the bathroom. So that was how we started our birthday. And I guess it really bothered me because when I put her back in her room, she kind of just, she said something interesting. I said, please stop acting crazy. And she goes, I can't help acting crazy. And I was like, I think you can. And so she went back into her, her bed, even though I'm pretty sure she had to go to the bathroom. I don't know. She got back in bed and I started crying like I just you know, I was just overwhelmed. And I was like, this is just the fucking, like, saddest thing I've ever seen. You know, I'm sad for myself because I'm tired, but I'm also sad for her. And I was more sad for her because it's like, why are we making people live this long and the quality of their lives are just not that good? Like, there's nothing great about being 87 with Alzheimer's. You know what I mean? And it's like, do Americans just need to learn how to die? Why are we holding on to these people? And I think we're starting to change some of the rules because we're hitting the most old people we've ever had. 70 million. And our economy is just going to come to a grinding halt when all of these people say, "Mm," when all these people get into their 80s. Some of them will have uh, Alzheimer's. And see, Alzheimer's isn't like cancer. Cancer is insidious and horrible, but it usually takes you fairly quickly. Alzheimer's does not. You know, my mom was diagnosed late. She was diagnosed at 80. So she's 87. Until she's been dealing with this for a while. And in fact, she might, no, she wasn't diagnosed at at 80. She was diagnosed, I want to say, during COVID. So that was only four years ago. So she was 83. But I noticed something at 79, 80. And um, they called it cognitive decline. And then finally, they diagnosed her with Alzheimer's when she was 83. But my dad got diagnosed in his 60s. And he lived for 14 years with it. That is a lot of resources. And now we're getting ready to have all these old people and a good chunk of them are going to have this disease. It's going to be 
like a horror movie. And I'll be honest, I think that's why all the immigrants are coming in. Because they're trying to shore up the economy because there's not enough people. Listen, and and I'm not giving them credit for being noble. I'm not. I think uh, Biden and his son have done a lot of deals in Ukraine. So it's fascinating that they're so deeply invested in Ukraine. And, um, you know, Bo Biden is the crackhead you're supposed to care about. Knowing all the black men that have been put in prison behind some crack. And then his son is just gallivanting around, using crack, making deals, making videos of himself being disgusting. And American media doesn't even hardly cover it. That is wild to me. Man, I digress. So anyway, I think part of this border uh, fluidity issue is because they know that there's really not going to be enough people to work. Because you're going to have people who have to do the caregiving. And then you're going to have to have people who want to do the jobs that these older people used to do. You know, it's it's unbelievable. And I don't think that Democrats have enough courage to just come out and say, listen, we're afraid of our population numbers. And I don't think all of the intentions are noble, but I do think that is a big part of it. And so then, uh, yes, some of these people that come in are going to be nefarious. They're not going to have good intentions. They're not going to be good people. And I think that's just something they're willing to roll the dice on because they want bodies. And if they vote blue, that's great. But that's the weird thing. Most international people do not vote blue. They're very conservative. I don't understand. It's, it's crazy. So anyway, it was a bizarre weekend with my mom. And like I said, there's just no dignity and grace with this disease. And it's shameful that this country hasn't done more. You know, in the time my dad was diagnosed in 1996 to the time my mom was diagnosed in 2020. It doesn't make any sense. It's very disappointing. And I'm telling you, your first game as an NFL player is not going to be the Super Bowl. It's not. No one's ever going to be like, he came off the bench. Nobody knew who he was, and he won the Super Bowl. That doesn't happen. But in caregiving, you have to become pretty much a medical professional, you know, as soon as you start doing it. Because... It is an insidious, aggressive, progressive disease, and you will be taxed, and you're going to think you're going to have all this help, and people keep telling you there's all this help. There's not. And, um, you know, I made a post yesterday. People sent me books. You should call so-and-so. She's been dealing with her debt. Listen, I'm not asking for advice. If you know me, you know I've been doing this since 2020. But I've been taking care of my mom longer than that. I was sciencing her brain probably in 2017, 2018. I've been taking care of her a long time. And I've watched this disease destroy her. And I also watched it do the same thing to my dad. I don't need books. 
I don't need articles. I don't need the last thing you just saw and maybe you should send it to me. And I'm not trying to be mean or ungrateful, but I have been immersed in this world and it's insulting. Don't send me shit like that. Sorry, I'm just not interested. I have been reading about this for years. There's nothing to tell you that's new. I'm trying to tell you what's happening so you'll be prepared when that day you go over to your mom's house and she says something that doesn't quite sound like her. Or she does something that, you know, wait a minute, are you the victim of a Ponzi scheme? What's happening? I'm telling you, this stuff is out here happening and people are oblivious to it. And I hope everybody's loved ones age and don't have health issues. It seems impossible, but I hope that's the case. So anyway... Uh, it was a, it was a long weekend. She was aggressive most of the weekend. Happy birthday. So anyway, that is, uh, one chunk of what I was dealing with. And then this is going to be unpopular, I think. But once I realized that this is true, it really, really helped me, which is if you're unhappy In any area of your life, you can trace it back to one decision or a series of decisions that you made or continue to make today. It's that simple. And people don't like it because it's all about accountability. And, you know, people want to say, well, you know, I didn't make him a cheater. I didn't, uh, you know, cause the car accident. I didn't do it. Yeah. Okay, I'm not talking about the things that are external to you. It is a choice, though, that you made after something happened to you or after somebody cheated on you or after somebody lied to you. That is your responsibility. You know, like if you're pissed off at somebody and you've been pissed off at them since, you know, 1985, that is a choice that you made. You know, they're not participating in your anger. They probably moved on. And I think that or never understood why you were that upset. My mom has never been what I'd call an emotionally intelligent person. The fact that she was so nice to me for the rest of the day yesterday and uh, held my hand and said something to me like, I don't know who you are, but I know I've always been really, really fond of you. I've always cared for you. That is huge because I don't think she would have ever said anything that sweet when she was quote-unquote healthy and I've had to learn to accept that about her she's just not a deep and emotional person um she held my hand many times yesterday because she knew I was upset I don't know if she could hear me crying but I mean it really was upsetting when she was acting like that to start the day and I remember I used to just order pancakes. We'd go have breakfast. We would do fun things for her birthday, and it was just not that vibe yesterday. And it was so horrible. And then for her to have the emotional intelligence in her adult state to be like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, this has been hard. You've been yelling at me. and fact, oh, I would never hit you. Okay, well, you just scratched me up. Oh, but I've always been so fond of you. I don't know who you are. But I really care for you. I want to kiss you, she said. I mean, not kiss you like that. I mean, I want to kiss you. Like she wanted to be sweet and loving to me. It's crazy. 
It's crazy. So I'm getting back to my point, which is there are choices that we make. You know, like if I hadn't been able to forgive my mom for not being emotionally available to me for the the majority of my life, there is absolutely no way in hell I could be her caregiver. I just couldn't. And that was a choice I made. I've made a decision to forgive everybody because they're all just doing the best that they can. And unfortunately, everybody's best isn't great. But that's what life is. People come with their own set of instructions and their own skill sets. And everybody's not great at everything. I'm not a fan of a liar. I'm not a fan of people who are lazy. But if they are absolutely doing their best, I have to learn to live with that. That's just something I have to deal with. And so you can go back to any part of your life that you're unhappy with, and you can trace it back to a series of decisions that you made or continue to make. And I know people hate it, but uh, it's true. You have to take ultimate accountability. You can't fix things that you won't hold yourself accountable for. And I'm not saying, you know, you're accountable. You're not responsible for somebody cheating on you. But you can be held accountable for continuing to go back to that person after you found out they cheated on you. So there's a difference between responsibility and accountability. If you're really interested, I would suggest reading the book The Power of Intention by uh, Wayne Dyer. I didn't read it until I was like 45 or 46, and it was life-changing. It really helped give me some tools to deal with some things that, you know, were nagging. Because I I made a giant emotional transformation after I got out of the hospital. Because when you almost die, it becomes clear that the message is don't waste any time. Don't waste any days uh, doing ridiculous and silly things. It doesn't make sense. And so after our, but things just, you know, I'd made that change and I, I was exhausting myself and working all day, but in a good way. I was really invested in building something. But I just didn't feel like I was quite hitting the nail on the head. Like I really wasn't quite the person I wanted to be. And then I read uh, The Power of Intention, and it it just was like putting gas in my car for the first time. It was like, oh, you need this. This helps. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, it's all about ultimate accountability. And everybody doesn't love that. And I get it. But it, it it does matter, and it is... It's important. He has a chapter in there about families and family relationships and your parents. I mean, all of it is good stuff. And it's not that you're ever going to really change another person. You can't. But you can always change the way you feel about that person. The only thing you control is your feelings. Everything else is kind of a crapshoot. And once you master that, and own that and embrace that philosophy. It is life-changing. And things will start to work out for you because your energy changes. You know, all the things you think you want right now, you're just not on the right frequency to attract those things. And I'm summing it up simplistically, but there is a life that you want. And just like a radio station, it's on a different frequency. If you don't have it, you're not on the right frequency. You're not sending out the right signals. 
And if you need to learn how to send out the right signals, you might want to start with The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. Also, on another note, uh, really enjoyed HBO's um, True Detective Night Country with Jodie Foster. And I can't think of the uh, younger actor's name. I've, I've never seen her before, but she was fantastic. Um, she sort of looks like Shantae Moore to me. <laughs> the whole time I was looking at her, I was like, she looks like Shantae Moore. But they were fantastic. And um, very much a female-driven cop show, which was fantastic. Because there are ways that women have to take care of each other that are inexplicable to men, you know, and it has nothing, it's nothing salacious, it's nothing sexual, it's just the way women support each other and rally behind each other and right each other's wrongs, and that is something that rarely gets portrayed accurately, I think, in media, because men run media and they don't understand that, so it was really well done, it was I think right up behind the first one. So even though I love Rachel McAdams, I thought the second season was a mess. They had way too many characters. I didn't understand Vince Vaughn's character. And then I want to I can't remember who the other male lead was. It was just too many male leads uh, and a waste of the wonderful Rachel McAdams to me. Um, Because I forgot, she got involved with the other male character. I'm like, how many, who's the lead of the show? So I had a problem with the second season, um, except with Rachel, because she's fantastic. Um, So the first season was riveting, very good. And then this Night Country would probably be my second favorite. And I just didn't get into the one with Mahershala Ali. It was too close for me. He had Alzheimer's, and I was like, oh, no, I, I don't need to watch this on tv i'm living this so i never got into that one so that's why that's probably my least favorite one um but the night country was fantastic really really well done and i love the finality the finale because they just get into it they don't do a lot of build up or anything it's just like they just get into it and i really enjoyed that so if you get a chance and you have hbo or max that's another dumb thing how do you how you just get rid of the name hbo been in existence 40 years dumb it's like twitter no one calls x x they call it twitter it's dumb people don't i'm so tired of stupid people all right anyway if you want to change your life you can trace your life back to a series of decisions that you've been making or that you made and it'll show exactly how your life got off into this ditch right And you have to have the courage and the honesty to pull yourself out of the ditch. I've done it. You can do it. We all can do it. It's not about other people. It's about how you feel and what you can do to change the room. When you enter the room, it has nothing to do with other people. That's the biggest myth in the world is that your life is dependent on things that are external to you. It's not at all the only thing you can control is how you feel and when you start leading with that and start making your decisions based on how you feel and what you can control it's a game changer it really is and you got to be open to that process because some of you like being mad 
Some of you like being sick. When I got out of the hospital, I was like, a lot of these people will come back to the hospital because they like being sick. Because if you're sick, then that means you don't have to participate in your life. Hey, uh, you want to go on this trip with me? Oh, I can't. I'm sick. And that sounds weird, right? But when you think about it, there are people who can't wait to tell you the laundry list of things that's wrong with them. And you can get addicted to being sick or feeling bad. It just becomes your thing. If you're not fighting for your health and wellness, you're addicted to being sick. I mean, I I know it's true. These feelings are addictive, even the ones you don't like. So that should scare the shit out of you. All right, everybody. It's all love. It's all love. I want everybody to win. And I wouldn't say things that I haven't tried and I wouldn't give advice. You know, I don't consider this advice, but I wouldn't advise anybody to do anything I haven't tried. So I just want to see us all in the winner's circle, right? Have an amazing day. Take care of yourselves. We got all of nine days, leap year, nine days in February. Don't waste your days.